Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. So this is the um, final session uh, in terms of the the text uh, for the retreat, inshallah. There's obviously a lot more to come. This session will be split into two parts. The first part is we'll cover the text, uh, and then we'll transition into a session of reflections, which will happen outside. Um, so this text portion will only take about, you know, maybe 15 minutes or so max, inshallah. Uh, we probably won't be addressing questions. Instead, we're going to then have a few announcements, and then we'll transition outdoors uh, for a reflection section for, session for the brothers and then for the sisters separately, inshallah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi al-dhina sifa amma ba'ad. Okay. Um, so I just want to bring everyone back so that we're all on the same page and just take us from where we started and bring us forward. So we started by covering one portion of this text, Al-Wab al sayyib and the section we're covering is called On the Paths to Happiness, or Sa'adah. And it's interesting because there's so many different themes that we've covered, but Ibn al-Qayyim is basically reminding us that all of these contribute to the true lasting contentment that a believer experiences. And that is not just in this world, but even the contentment that comes in the Akhirah. And I think that's the context to, to appreciate this in. We started off by reminding, we started off by talking about the states of the believer. If you remember about how a believer will either be found in a state of difficulty, a, sta- a state of contentment, or a state of sin, and how that situation or circumstance is not what's to determine our happiness, but what our reaction is is ultimately going to determine what our sa'adah is going to be. Then we talked about uh, how the believer um, is attacked by shaitan, but that there's always a very special group of servants amongst Allah's believers whom will never be fully derailed by shaitan. And our hope in the context of happiness is that we become from amongst those servants who Allah Ta'ala protects permanently from the tricks of shaitan. Um, and, and we highlighted the importance of tawbah in this context and how someone who does tawbah repeatedly will never really fall fully trapped to shaitan. Then we transitioned into a discussion on approaching Allah Ta'ala sort of on these two wings of who are we and who is Allah, meaning us being low and Allah Ta'ala being the most high, and that travel leading us forward. And he introduced Sayyidul Istighfar, which is the best form of istighfar, which essentially highlights this principle uh, most uh, appropriately, which is that we have nothing, we offer nothing except with Allah. And He is everything, and because He is everything, we, are, we become something. Um, and then, you know, the, the next session, we talked about the heart and setting it right with two main components that set the heart right. Uh, the heart being the seat of contentment. Uh, number one was to fill the heart with the love of Allah, mahabba, and the second with ta'zim of his amr, the uh, a veneration of his commands, uh, uh, of his commands and his prohibitions. And then the last session we talked about the role that the heart plays in the context of it wanting to be with Allah, which is really the ultimate state of eternal happiness. That's where we came from. And that's where eventually we want to get back to because that's what... And we reminded ourselves that when the heart is placed in heavenly environments like this, it feels a sense of peace. But then there's always this constant threat coming from the ego and from the nafs and from hawa and things like this. And that ultimately Allah Ta'ala gives the support necessary for the believer to actually travel through this world and reach Jannah comfortably. Okay, this next, this final section... It's called, uh, it's titled The uh, Ephemerality of This World, which is the temporary nature of this world. It's a very simple section. The beauty is it's not a complicated section at all. 
And it's going to be a lot of just reading. Um, but Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he summarizes a section on the path of, to happiness by exp- reminding us about the temporary nature of this world. But I, I think that's what's really important to understand was that if we're looking for, I mean, the reality is um, true contentment is going to be in Jannah no matter what. No matter how comfortable our life is in this world or how difficult our life is in this world, no matter if we have periods of stress and then periods of expansion, if we're really looking for just ultimate contentment, it's going to be when we're in Jannah with Allah and there's no way around that. And so the reality is that if we want to experience true contentment, we have to put this dunya in context and this world in context, which is that it's very temporary. So he says, one day the Prophet ﷺ was speaking to his companions when the sun, almost setting, touched the crest of the hills. And he said, relative to what has passed, there is, little, there is as little time left in the world as there is in this day. Let, if, you, if you read some of his works, even the translations, he says, let the person of intelligence, the aqil, let the person of intelligence, which, let's just pause here for a moment, all of us are quite advanced in our fields. If you compare our educational level to the rest of the world, we're far more advanced than others. So we can consider ourselves to be intelligent in the academic sense. In the, meta- in the spiritual sense, this is what's being addressed here. Meaning, although we may think that intelligence is based off of our academic accolades, he's reminding us, the Prophet is reminding us, this is what true intelligence is. He says, let the person of intelligence, the aqil, seeking counsel for himself or herself, reflect upon this hadith. Let him know what can befall him in the time that remains for the world. Let him know that he is living with illusions and confused dreams. Al-Ghath al-Ahlam, it comes in Surah Yusuf. And that he may be selling everlasting happiness and everlasting grace for a paltry price. But... If he seeks Allah and the abode of the next world, he will be given his full measure and much more. As the saying, as the saying goes, as the saying goes, child of Adam, sell this world for the next and you will profit from them both. But do not, uh, but do not sell the next world for this one or you will lose them both. You know, you... Um, you, you, um, stop, we stop chasing the dunya. If we stop chasing the dunya, the dunya, the dunya will chase us. And the akhirah will be ours. And if we try to seek the dunya, we're never going to get what we're looking for and we're going to lose the akhirah as well. Right? So let me just repeat, re- re- read this again. One day the Prophet was speaking to his companions when the sun, almost setting, touched the crests of the hills. And he said, relative to what has passed, there is as little time left in the world as there is in this day. You know, subhanAllah, we, I mean, we, we're here, we're in, we've been in the outdoors, and, and we see, you know, around the time of Rasulullah, the sun is setting, and we sort of see it going below the, that dining hall in the back in the trees, and we're like, you know, it's almost done, it's almost time for Maghrib. We're already thinking, like, we're, it is time to wrap things up. And the Prophet is telling us, it's time to wrap things up, I'm here now. The world is coming to a close soon. Don't be deceived. And even if it's not in the context of the Day of Judgment, certainly for all of us, the sun is setting really quickly. And that time is going to come, uh, and, and there's no way around it. 
So he says, let the person of intelligence, Ibn Qayyim is saying, let the person of intelligence, the aqil, seeking counsel for himself, reflect upon this hadith. Let him know what can befall him in the time that remains of this world. Let him know that he is living with illusions and confused dreams, thinking that there's some true reality to our existence in this world, when, in real, when the truth is, this is just a big video game. This is just a dream, and we're going to wake up from this dream, and we're going to wake up to the reality of what this world is really about. And that he may be selling everlasting happiness and everlasting grace from Allah, which is only going to come from Allah for a paltry, paltry price. But there's, there's, but there's a but to this. If he seeks Allah and makes Allah his goal, and makes Allah her goal, and the abode of the next world, their goal, he will be given his full measure and much more. Because Allah's treasures are infinite. The treasures of this world are extremely limited. I can only in, uh, amass a certain amount of land, a certain amount of wealth. Even if I, I mean, there's no way I can go beyond that. There's limits. There's fixed limits, but there's no limits to the treasures of Allah. As the saying goes, child of Adam, salam, sell this world for the next, and you will profit from them both. If you stop chasing the dunya, the dunya will come after you, and the akhirah will be yours. But do not sell the next world for this one, or you will lose them both. In the final concluding paragraph. He says, Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah, he mentions, and Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, rahmatullahi alayhi, he was a khalifa that, well, he's one of the khulafa that is considered to be one of the greatest um, leaders in the history of Islam. He was the, uh, the grand nephew of Abdullah ibn Umar anhu, and he was born in like the 60s of Hijri. Um, and we've heard his name before. He was known for his piety. He was known, known for his zuhud. So he used to say in his sermons, quote, O people, you were not created in negligence, nor have you been left on your own. You have a destination where Allah Most High will judge you, will judge among you and sort you out. Ruined indeed and damned is the one whom Allah Ta'ala Most High puts outside of his mercy, which envelops all things and outside of his heaven. He says, ruined, because Allah, I mean, that, that, the verse of encompasses all things, it envelops all things. We're breathing it, we're feeling it, we're tasting it, we're experiencing it constantly. Even those who are disobedient to Allah and, and, and openly express their kufr, they're still enveloped in Allah's mercy because it's everywhere and you can't avoid it. So he says, ruined, uh, damned and ruined is the one to whom Allah Most High puts outside of his mercy, which envelops all things. Like it's almost impossible to find yourself outside of it, but it's possible. And outside of his, his heaven, Jannah, the breath of which is that of the heavens and the earth. But safety will be his morrow. He's giving a, salute, he's giving a, um, a response here, like this isn't it. But safety is his morrow for, whom, for the person who fears and reveres Allah, who barters what is small for what is vast, what is ephemeral for what is eternal, meaning fanian for what is bibaqin, and what brings suffering to what, for what brings joy. Then he asks rhetorical questions to us, which I think are just deeply reflective in all of us before we leave this gathering. We need to heed the advice of Umar ibn Aziz do you not see that you are in the ranks of that which perishes and that you will be replaced here after that you will be replaced hereafter by those who shall remain behind? 
Do you not see that each day you take to the grave, a traveler journeying toward Allah, his term fulfilled, his future hopes cut short, you put him in a place burrowed in the earth, neither smooth nor cushioned, stripped of means, friends, de- friends departed, and they're reckoning ahead. I mean, the reminders are just so constant, right? And he's just saying, uh, he's asking us um, and reminding us that we're, we're, we're giving up what is eternal for what is ephemeral, what's temporary. We're giving up what brings joy, and instead, upon ourselves, we're choosing to take upon suffering. We're giving up, you know, uh, those things, th- th- that thing which is vast, which is Allah and His mercy and His Jannah, for that, for that that is very constricted, which is the dunya, in which there's really nothing to pursue. But, and this, is, this lies in our, our hands, and we're choosing to do this to ourselves. And he's, he's just reminding us that the standard of history has always been, the standard of history has always been that people come into this world and they leave. And we ourselves are going to be a part of that. And anytime someone passes away, although there is a, an element of sadness associated with it, and there is a focus on the tragedy of this person leaving this world, and that's necessary and it's important. But on top of that, it's designed to be an opportunity for us all to reflect that this person transitioned we're going to be transitioning very soon as well. And we're going to leave people behind. We're going to leave the news behind. We're going to leave all of our followers on social media behind. We're going to leave our family behind. All of those things that we thought would come with us and be with us forever, they're all just going to be left behind and we're going to be all alone in our grave with our Allah, hopefully. Right? So he's just reminding us, do you not see that each day you take to the grave a traveler journeying toward Allah? I mean, just, just in the last few days, we've heard about you know, several young people, uh, or at least a few young people that have just passed away, um, and, and older individuals as well. I mean, no matter the excuse, whether it's accidental or tragedy or old age or volitional or a mass casualty, ultimately, everything comes to an end for everyone. So um, uh, we should just take heed of this. Do you not see that each day you take to the grave a traveler journeying toward Allah, his term fulfilled, his future hopes cut short, You put him in a place burrowed in the earth, neither smooth nor cushioned, stripped of means, friends friends departed, and a reckoning ahead. Meaning that everything that's happening here is all going to come back on the Day of Judgment before Allah. So now's our opportunity to make amends. Now's our opportunity to rectify our lives. Now's our opportunity to realize that everything I do, everything I say, everything I experience, everything I choose this is all going to be on the Day of Judgment presented before me and my Lord. And now I have to be able to justify and defend every action, every mistake, every sin, everything I have to come to my defense before my Allah. So we either do tawbah now, turn back to Allah, make a conscious decision that this is enough, for enough is enough, and now I'm yours, I'm going to pursue you, I'm going to pursue your, what you want, I'm going to pursue your greatness, I'm going to pursue your excellence, right? Or else, you know, there's a reckoning that, that comes our way. But we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect, to protect us from, from any difficulties in this life and the hereafter. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who choose permanence over, over, over this temporary abode. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expand our hearts and grant us a tawfiq to, to value, um, the, um, the, the, temporary, to, to value the, the permanent nature of, of the akhirah. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, allow us to take heed of, of our lives and and, and recognize the reminders that he's sent around us and make us from amongst those who uh, are enveloped in his mercy and never deprived of it.